Monday edition of PFTOT, where we get to some of the things we weren't able to get to during the program. And how about this from Hall of Fame receiver Michael Irvin, and a huge supporter still of the Dallas Cowboys, despite the fact that he works for NFL Network and should have some degree of neutrality. I respect the fact that he makes no bones about it. He's still all in with the Cowboys. He recently made the argument that the Cowboys should pay him in part for the fact that for four years they got away with not paying him anything. You got him in the fourth round. You stole four years. So whatever he gets, he deserves because you still owe him back pay. And uh, look, that's not how the system works. But I, th- there's, some, there's some basic merit in the idea that the Cowboys have had the benefit of a great quarterback for four years and they didn't pay him very much at all in relation to what other teams are paying their quarterbacks for the kind of performance they've enjoyed, Chris. Yeah, no, I mean, all right, so there's two things I think that popped to my brain with this. First off, Michael Irvin, like you said, he's still very entrenched with the Dallas Cowboys organization, the Jones family. I mean, we see games where he's up there in the luxury box, you know, slapping them high five and doing stuff like that. So I I was first off shocked that he kind of took that stance to – put more pressure on the Cowboys organization to pay Dak Prescott, you know, two, you know, the, the other thing that jumps out to me, I mean, he's right. Yes. But like, I'm more air onto like what you said. That's not how the system works. Listen, Dak Prescott should be paid really handsomely because he's one of the 10 best quarterbacks in football. And he deserves to be paid in, in that upper echelons uh, at the position. That's why he should be paid that type of money. So you can't go back and pay guys, you know, for what they have done and all that. You know, the Cowboys could also argue, hey, Dak, nobody drafted you in the first four rounds. We did. So, you know, there's something to that too. Um, But I totally understand Michael Irvin's, you know, point there. I do get that. And now, again, I just, where is this Dak Prescott conversation? I I don't know. You know, I know I've heard some things out there and some numbers. I've also heard, you know, Dak Prescott's agent got pissed at me when he heard me say some of those numbers. So, I don't know really where they're at in this uh, this uh, bargaining right now, but either way, Dak Prescott deserves to be paid every bit in the Jared Goff class of quarterbacks or whatever it may be there. Well, here's where it stands. They have until July 15 to do a long-term deal. If not, they can only do a one-year contract for 2020, and he's guaranteed to make $31.4 million unless they rescind the franchise tender. Stephen Jones told me several weeks ago they are not going to do it. That's not binding. They could change their mind, and if they were to rescind the franchise tender in, oh, I don't know, mid-August, it's not like somebody else is going to give Dak Prescott $31.4 million for the 2020 season. So they do have a nuclear option that they're not willing to use. Assuming that they won't use it, he's looking at $31.4 million this year, a 20% raise next year. We've done the math before. $69.08 million over the next two years if he goes year to year under the franchise tag. And then 2022 is the Kirk Cousins dilemma for the Cowboys. A 44% raise, which is $54.25 million if they use the franchise tag a third time. A 20% raise if they would use the transition tag and have a right of first refusal, which would be more than $45 million for that third year, or let him walk away. He's holding all the cards here under the same system that allowed the Cowboys to pay him peanuts for the right. first four years of his career. See, that's the difference, and that's where Michael Irvin's point, in my mind, falls apart. 
The Cowboys have taken full advantage of their rights under the system, and now Dak Prescott is in position to take full advantage of his rights. And when you're not a first-round pick, you get to the market after four years. And in many respects, that's far more value to Dak Prescott than if he had been a first-round pick. So, look, and that's why I support Dak Prescott's effort to get whatever it is. that. Here's what it comes down to, Chris. He has this ability, as we've just articulated, 31.4 this year, another $37 million plus next year, and then maybe a shot at the open market. What will the Cowboys offer him by way of a long-term deal to get him to surrender the bird in the hand? And it's one hell of a bird in the hand that has grown fat on the seeds of delay because the Cowboys have waited too long to sign him. He's holding all the cards now. That's what people don't realize. Yeah, no. I mean, you're right. He holds all the cards. Um, you, you would think that he's going to have to get some sort of, you know, guaranteed at signing uh, number north of 70-something million dollars because, like you said, it's $69 million if he plays the franchise game the next two years. So they better come strong with that. And I think more to what Michael Irving is saying more than anything is back pay, whatever it may be. He's just, I think, more than anything saying to the Dallas Cowboys, like, for everything this guy has done through the start of his career for your organization, I think he wants to tell Jerry Jones and the Cowboys, let's not, like, penny pinch over 4 or $5 million and have that be the reason that Dak Prescott's not signed to a long-term deal or something like that. I think that's probably what Michael Irving was trying to say more than anything, is that he's earned the right for the Cowboys to squash the beef over that little extra bit of money or whatever it may be. Now, if it's a huge, large sum amount, you know, that's they're like $25, $30 million, I don't know. That's a different ballgame. But if the gap is close, I think Michael Irvin, that's what he's probably trying to say is like, let's not penny pinch here. The guy's been a steal for your football team the last few years, and let's just pony up that money and move on and try to build a team around him. And, Chris, the bottom line is this. The Cowboys benefited from the system for four years. And now – They don't want to follow the system. They want Dak Prescott to do a team-friendly deal, to take less, to help have other guys around. And he's not required to do that. He doesn't have to be Tom Brady if he doesn't want to be Tom Brady. Remember the side-eye he gave you when you started talking in terms of team-friendly deal? He's not required to do it. The system favors him now. The system screwed him 2016, 17, 18, 19 Now the pendulum has swung in Dak Prescott's favor. And no deal. It's funny because we we were talking on Friday, Big Cat and I, about the fact that Dak Prescott's contributing a million dollars to efforts uh, related to ending police brutality and education and advocacy for the issues that have the the nation uh, so engaged right now. And Big Cat said, hey, well, do you, does that mean he's getting a contract? Soon I said, hey, he's getting $31.4 million this year, even if he doesn't get a contract. He's going to be fine this year. And the question is, and this is very simple, it, it could apply to any of us. Anything you have that you might sell, let's say you got an old car you want to sell. What does it take for you to part with the car? What does it take for you to sell your house? What does it take for you to sell whatever it is that you may be thinking about selling? And what he's selling is the ability to make $69 million over the next two years 
plus the ability to put the Cowboys way over a barrel in 2022. Either $45 million with a right to match what someone else offers, $54 million if they franchise tag him, or he walks away to the highest bidder, or the Cowboys have to match or beat the highest bidder. He has the power here, and the big reason he's got the power, Chris, is because the Cowboys waited too long to get this taken care of. That's the lesson that every other team should learn from this. The minute the window opens on signing that quarterback to a second contract, and it opens as soon as the third regular season ends, not the postseason, not free agency, not the draft, as soon as – and I, there's a stunning number of people who have jobs in the NFL with NFL teams who don't realize this. The CBA says that you can sign that second contract the moment the regular season for the third year ends, and that's what you need to do because you're going to get him cheaper then a lot right. cheaper than than what you're going to get him later. Well, you're and you're you're getting him when they're desperate. You know, I, I can speak to this. I mean, gosh, I, I kind of was in this scenario to a degree. But if I was in it where okay, I'm in the franchise conversation, or you know, oh, a team came to me. You know, year three of my NFL career, we went to the playoffs. I was the starting quarterback for the Bucks. All that. You know, if that was the year the Bucks came to me with like a substantial long-term offer that was probably below like market price, you know, as a player, you go, damn, you know, listen, I haven't made a ton of money in my first two years in the league. Whoa, you're going to give me that much guaranteed at signing? I know that's a lot less than the other starting quarterbacks or the top market guys, but damn, I haven't had money like that. I'll take it. That's a guarantee. Now, if I get hurt, I don't have to worry about anything like that. So teams really could gain a lot of leverage on the situation by taking the approach you're talking about, Mike. And then, you know, lastly, I do want to just point out that was an amazing um, uh, donation by, by Dak Prescott. I, I think, again, I think this speaks volumes to what this guy is. You know, again, he's talented on the field, but it just shows what type of leader he is too. And Mike, what's he made in his career to this point? I know he's making 31 million this year, but he doesn't have that in the bank yet. He's not getting checks for that. He's made what, like four million, maybe total his career to this point, something like that. So to give football. this type of the football he's, he's money, do, he's right? Do, he's doing he's doing well with the with the non football money too, but it's still a million dollars. And and look, folks, you got to make about what one point seven, one point eight to write a check for a million dollars, right? I mean, it's after tax money; it's not pre tax money, and they've they right. the deductions have changed in recent years too. You, it's a lot. It's it's a lot more than a million dollars you have to earn in order to give a million dollars. Yes, and that, that you know, to me, that just that, that's an unbelievable thing that he's doing, and I do I do want to give him credit for that. You know, that's that's a huge, substantial amount of money. I haven't heard too many players donating that type of money, and most of the players that are donating big money already have you know, tens and tens of millions in the bank already. You know, these are people that are, you know, I don't want to bring up names, and we've heard other players and quarterbacks, $500,000, this, that, that. And I'm going to go, man, well, you know, they've made $70, $80 million. This is a guy that's, you know, hasn't even stretched out his bank account yet. To make that kind of commitment is big time, and I think speaks to the leader he is, you know, and uh, I think that's why he is the franchise for the Dallas Cowboys. And I don't know, Mike. I just don't know where this goes. Again, you don't hear any rumors, a lot of rumors about this conversation in general. There's no reason. July 15th, right? Yeah, after 4th right. of July, after that holiday, that's when they get down to business. There's no reason. Here's why. You don't negotiate now because if you get close to your bottom line now, the other side's going to disengage and say, let's take it up on July 13th. 
And if you get close to your bottom line now, you're going to get squeezed off of it later. That's why deadlines drive action, because that's when you land the plane. That's when both sides come together with the, the two circles of the Venn diagram. And all they have to do is touch. All they have to do is kiss, and you get a deal done. If you go prematurely, sometimes you end up getting squeezed off of what it is that you're either willing to pay or willing to accept. Let, let, me, let me make one last point before we end this. Because when you were playing uh, – a team could redo a deal with a draft pick after two seasons. Now it's three. That's part of the 2011 adjustment to the CBA, and it's still in place today. Three years before you can redo the deal. You made it to the playoffs your third season. Under today's standards, the Buccaneers could have come to you after week 17 and before the playoff game, before you play that one more game, that high-intensity right. game, that game right. where the risk of injury is greater. That's the time to offer the guy the big contract. That's the time to put it on the table. And look, and, and look, maybe, maybe his agent says, don't do it, don't do it, let's wait, let's wait. But if you're the player and they're coming to you and they're saying, this is the earliest we're allowed to sign you to a new contract, we don't want to wait, we don't want to delay, this is what we believe you have earned through your play the first three years, and we'd like to sign you to this contract right now, it's a pretty good chance the guy's going to take it. I agree, a hundred percent. You're, I mean, you're right. And, and, you know, guys, in my scenario too, being a third rounder, you know, whatever it may be. And look, look, let's be real about this situation. You know, I, I came from a household of money and things like that too. I've been, I was fortunate, so I can't Lose imagine. Fair. Real, fair, silver spoon, diamond encrusted, whatever the hell you want to say. Okay, all right. Mean streets but of Greenwich. Me, well, at that time it was Franklin Lakes, New Jersey. I know, but I know. But the guy, either. the guy, the guy who, the guy who coined the phrase laissez-faire up, upbringing was raised on the mean streets of Greenwich, Connecticut. Very, very, very true. Very true. Uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, yes, if that type of money was dangled out in front of me to where you're going to go whoa, you're going to give me this much at signing and I'm going to make this much on a year-to-year basis? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm taking it. I am. And, you know, I think most players in football would. It's still a brutal, brutally physical sport. You, you realize, if you're smart, that it can all end in a, in a snap, and a flash. It really can, and I'm, I'm prime example. So uh, I don't think teams take advantage of that enough, Mike. I think too many of them, to what you're saying, put it off on the back burner and go, well, we don't need to do it right now. We have some more time to wait this out. And what they do in that more times than not is wait it out. And the price goes up, like you're saying, and then they, they can't afford to keep the guy where if they just got in early, they probably could keep him and a few other guys that could be staples to their organization. July 15 is the target. They either get it done or they don't. And here's the thing to remember. If they don't get it done, one, the Cowboys can rescind the franchise tender, even though they said they won't. And number two, he's under no obligation to show up for training camp, to show up for the preseason. He can do what Le'Veon Bell did and just blow into town five, six days before the first game of the regular season if he wants to. And people would say, well, why? At that point, it doesn't matter. Well, what you can do, even though you can't do a multi-year deal after July 15, you can still negotiate different terms of a one-year deal, whether it's more money or whether it's a promise that next year we won't use the franchise tag. And we've seen teams right. do that with guys like, I think, Lance Briggs, Albert Hainsworth. So you withhold services, 
to get something. And after July 15, what Dak Prescott can get by withholding services is a commitment that next year, no franchise tag for Dak Prescott, and he becomes a free agent. And we see, we find out. Look, well, I don't know what he's worth on the open market. The Cowboys have elected to pay him $31.4 million this year to prevent him from finding out and prevent the rest of us from finding out what he could get on the open market. So uh, maybe we'll find out next year or the yeah. year after. For now, though, put a pin in it, July 15. They either get it done or they don't. We've gotten it done. Chris, as I said at the end of the show, I'm having birthday cake for breakfast, for lunch, for dinner, and maybe for a couple of meals in between. I'll work out later Good. this week to make up for it. All right. Go for it. You earned it. Happy birthday, man. Double double fives, baby. Double nickel. 55 years old. Mike Florio, baby. Happy birthday. Everybody have a great day. See you tomorrow. See ya.